Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's The List and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross. With Jimmy and Sean, sell pills for your dumb. Make a fantastic song. Make a fantastic song. What's up, you guys? We're on a new stream again. I don't know what's going on. We'll figure it out. But we are just a couple of members of the... uh, (laughs) <laughs> litter robot club <laughs> did you get it yet no oh, it's okay. on the way it's but on the way what do we do we sit here we enjoy fine alcohols while our cats take shits and then we <laughs> don't clean it up you're drinking cranberry juice or something it's actually minute made sugar free juice but hey you know what it is in a wine glass, and what what this lacks in wine, Melissa will make make up for, right? She'll do all the whining uh, in the world when I defeat her for the Fightful Championship and the Robot Litter Box Championship. You want me to make a Robot Litter Box Championship belt? Yeah, it'd be a great idea. To be I honest. could do it. I could do it. I think it sounds like a great idea. Given the promo that they offered us, I don't think so. I got a free box. That's what's important. So today is May 1st, and I want to say one thing first before we get into into the news. I want to give props to James Lynch. James Lynch was our MMA uh, video interviewer that we've had with us for about a year, I guess. Year and a half. Year and a half, okay. And he also was the co-host of our weekly MMA, uh, Fightful MMA podcast. James just got a job with the Score here in Canada. He's going to be the new senior MMA editor 
of the score in Canada. He uh, hit me up yesterday to give me a heads up about it. He said, I'm going to announce it today, May 1st. So he said, please don't tell anybody. But he wanted to hit me up uh, to thank me, basically, because taking on the job from, with Fightful allowed him to quit his day job and to focus on his aspirations. And now he's got this great gig, senior MMA editor. Congratulations, James Lynch. Uh, you deserve it, man. He's a, a supreme hustler, that yes. guy. Yes, uh, he is one of the best. Anybody who wants to succeed in a very tight MMA world, let me tell you guys, uh -huh. I did a whole lot more MMA coverage than I did pro wrestling coverage when I was starting out. It's not easy. It's a good old boys club. It is not easy to break through. James Lynch did that and. I, I don't think either one of us had any doubt in our minds. I think if there was anything to complain about James, it's that he had too many jobs. He yes. was everywhere. He was, everybody wanted to work with James Lynch because he's so good. Yeah. And when I heard this, I was like, James, man, I don't blame you at all. It's awesome. Yep. We've helped a lot of people get to other full-time positions. I mean, we've had people that ended up working for RondaRousey.com full-time, BJPenn.com full-time, Sporting News. Uh, WWE. I was going to say WWE. WWE yeah. is, is one of them. Yeah. Uh, James is the latest. We're very happy for him. And hey, if you are out there and you do MMA interviews, video style, hit me up. We're, we're looking for somebody to contribute. Awesome. Next thing that I want to do, Sean, I want to do some giveaway trivia. Why? Now, I'm going to tell you what's ironic. Why? I'm going to tell you. Giving stuff away. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a charitable person. Okay. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you what's ironic, Sean. I had this picked out before the news dropped this morning. I already had this picked out. So this is a Dean Ambrose WrestleMania edition. Old Mattel. hair edition. What's that? Old yeah, hair old, edition. Yeah, old hair edition, WrestleMania edition, uh, Mattel action figure. I got a, a bunch of these, and I'm going to give some of them away uh, in, uh, in trivia. This is only for our live viewers that are in the chat on YouTube. Only for you guys, because I know you guys are going to use Google to get the answer if you don't know it. Lots of people are going to be bored to tears with this, Jimmy. What are you doing? Uh, Trivia? It's going to be one question. One. Pizza store on a Thursday night, struggling for business? What's going on here, Jimmy? <laughs> what a specific... I don't even understand the references. They do that in Kentucky? Oh, I don't understand that. the... Come on out to Pluto's Pizza Thursday night for Trivia. Is that what they do in Ewing, probably, Kentucky? Probably. Yeah, as if they had a pizza place <laughs> in Ewing, Kentucky. Come anyway, on. anyway, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask one question. Uh, the first person to answer it in the live chat, and Sean, if you know the answer, shut up. The first person to answer in the live chat is going to get this Dean Ambrose WrestleMania Edition Mattel action figure. I'm sure you guys are going to Google it if you don't know the answer. Here's the question. Uh, Ambrose once teamed with a wrestler later known as Solomon Crow on the independent circuit. What was the name of the tag team name? Like, what was the name of the team? First person to answer that in the live chat, you're going to get this. Dean Emrose Mattel action figure right here. So, Nigel, keep an eye out and let me know the first person that answers it. All right? Somebody asked if you had a Fightful koozie. Uh, this is not a Fightful one. We're going to make them. We're going to make them. I do have the new Fightful hat on my head, as you can see. Sean was joking off there. He was like, so let me get this straight. You have a Fightful hat. You have Listen to Your Boy Polo, and I don't have either one. And I told him, you'll have them soon, and these, these are going to be going up in our store that's going to be going live soon. So It'd you'll be, be able nice. to get the hat It'd and the polo. It would be nice if I had that. You'll be able to get the polo there? Yes. Ooh. It'd yes. be nice to have these before you know, I'm going to fucking Vegas. You going to Vegas? What's going on here? 
I'll let you know in a couple weeks. Or are you just trying to get me to do shady business dealings on my own, Jimmy? I'm trying to teach you the way business really works, and man. Trading and you know? under the table. I'm trying. I'm trying to teach you the way business really hey, works. Uh, you know, like when WWE goes after guys on a contract. I'm trying to teach you about how business works. Yeah, you know. I guess so. so. All right, let's with, let's uh, get to the story of the oh, week. We got an answer already. Well, we got plenty of answers that I realized I don't know what I'm looking for. Okay, so we have answers <laughs> I'm, now. I guess my only fear is what have I given that no one has given the right answer yet? Tell me the first answer. I, uh, Switchblade Conspiracy. That's correct. Jason Fernandez, yep. hot dog. That's correct. Switchblade Conspiracy, John Moxley and Sammy Callahan. That was the name of the tag team. What's the name of the gentleman that won? Jason, uh, Jason Fernandez. Fernandez. Jason Fernandez, you are going to get this Dean Ambrose WrestleMania edition Mattel action figure. And I'm going to do giveaways, simple, quick giveaways like that, probably every week for a little while because we have a bunch of stuff. But only, only for our live viewers. You've got to tune in live in order to have a shot to win. So good for you. We'll get it out to you, buddy. Jason, right. uh, hit us up with your info. Are we going to ever talk about wrestling? Yeah. Uh, now, the first story of the week, Sean. Man, did this thing ever snowball. And you know what's funny, Sean? Whenever we're getting ready to do the show, like on Mondays when I'm starting to look at you know news for the week and stuff, I always think to myself, is there going to be enough stuff by Wednesday afternoon? And excluding Raw and SmackDown, we always have so much stuff. There's always yeah. so much going on. This is a big week, and this is, was a big week for Fightful and for Sean Ross Sapp. This first story we're going to get to is about Leo Rush. Uh, Mr. Sean Rossat broke a story about him within the last couple of days. You go ahead and tell your story, and then we're going to talk about how Mr. Rush responded on social media and otherwise. Go ahead and tell your story. So after the, the Leo Rush thing dropped, I don't want to say dropped, there had been talks of him having heat for several months, dating back to, I think, January. I had reported it. Dave Meltzer, the Wrestling Observer, had reported it. He reiterated it, he being Dave Meltzer, I think last week. And I posted, I just posted a tweet, and I was like, yeah, it didn't really go anywhere. Uh, it dissipated for a little while because he had someone in, in the writing team really pushing for him. But it's back. The heat is back, and, it, and it's heavy. I had probably, I think it was, in total, five or six different people contact me. Uh, I think four or five people messaged me, and then I had a couple others that, that gave me gave me an old ring. But they would tell me all these stories, one of which was, or one was confirmed that I actually heard a while back, was that Finn Balor let Leo Rush know, hey, probably shouldn't have your wife sit in on rehearsals because Vince and, and management will look down upon that. Now, I had heard that Leo insisted... That, now, I, I need to clarify this. There was a, a terminology that he used, insisted that his wife was around uh, almost all the time. That may have been hyperbole, but that was the quote I was given is, oh, she's around all the time. No heat on her from mm -hmm. that. One of the stories I would later be told was that he flew her over on the European tour last year and walked her on the bus and that that wasn't something that a top guy would do. I actually put that in the Fightful Wrestling Weekly that I dropped on Fightful Select this morning. Hadn't been out there before. But there were other stories uh, from PW Insider about him not offering to hand out water backstage on the European tour, which is something a lot of the rookies do. And, uh, you know, I play devil's advocate with the UK thing because I'm like, all right, his wife's from London or from the UK. It, I could see why he would be like, all right, I'll fly my wife over here. She's from the area. Maybe she wants to do stuff. Right. And that's just me spitballing. He's mm -hmm. not spoken about that either way. Other stories came about. I've got them on Fightful Select. I really, really, really go in-depth on the Fightful Report podcast 
I'm talking like 15 minutes talking about this, but uh, he kind of targeted Fightful. Yeah, so last night, so we're doing this on May 1st, so last night, Sean Rossab sends me a text text, uh, message. And he basically says, I'm paraphrasing, but he basically says, uh, hey, if you saw what happened on Twitter tonight, I want you to know that my story is legit. And he actually showed me text messages from people within the company that had said the stuff about Leo Rush. Because Sean wanted me to know I didn't make this shit up. This is legitimate. And I said to you, Sean, I said, I trust you. Uh, you don't have to show me your, 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 your proof. I trust you. Because there have been times in the past when Sean knew stories before they broke, like the Sasha Banks story, and he didn't break it until he had more sources backing it up as opposed to just one. So I said, I trust you. You don't have to show me uh, what your sources said. Um, put up, so Leo Rush put up a whole bunch of tweets. Oh, you're about to put up the fucking text message. No, what do you want to <laughs> I wanted to wait until... No. <laughs> No. Although one of these weeks, I'm going to say it just to fuck with you and then have uh, Nigel put something else up. No. Uh, so Leo Rush put up a whole bunch of tweets last night, April 30th. Here's the one where he mentioned Fightful. Put up that screenshot, to Nigel. Uh, so the guy below there, you can see, said the Sheets of Refuse, which is what they're calling, you know, websites like Fightful. The Sheets of Refuse don't ask, they assume. Uh, Leo Rush said, I'm saddened that dirt sheets, and then he said, recently, Fightful in parentheses, make assumptions, exaggerations, and sometimes outright fabrications to sell subscriptions. Gossip like this is spread without caring about the damage to people's reputations, relationships, relationships or careers. It honestly disgusts me. He went on to post a bunch of other tweets. I didn't screenshot them all, but he posted a bunch of other tr- tweets. Uh, he said he stands up for himself when life challenges him. Uh, he said that he isn't best friends with every single superstar. He's driven and motivated, has no bad blood with anyone respects and listens to all higher-ups. He defended his wife, which I think anybody would do in that situation. He said uh, a lot of family members come to shows. He conducts himself professionally. So does his wife. Uh, Sean had tried to, to, to reach out to Leo Rush. Leo Rush had not been responsive. Lo and behold, he was today. I don't know what you want to say on the podcast about your conversation with Leo Rush. Go ahead and share whatever you feel like. Yeah, uh, I've got literally every one of his quotes is covered in the Fightful Report podcast and Fightful Select. Uh, he was very nice. I mean, he explained his side of things. He kind of said he said that being with Bobby Lashley wasn't an issue for him. He's basically saying to me that he's been sent to live shows and TVs and is paying his own rentals and hotels and can't afford to do so. Like, he's not being paid enough to be on the road to do that. And they're, they're sell- selling merch with his catchphrase is not being paid for it. And as far as the water thing, he says, it's not about race, but the, the look of a black kid carrying water to other superstars doesn't look like a superstar image, which is what he's trying to portray himself as in, in the public eye. Now I could kind of see that. I mean, but there are people of all races that do that backstage. That's a cop out to me. It's a cop-out to me, and, and let, let me just say this. So to me, this is a good news, bad news situation to me. So the good news is he's still a young kid. He's 24 yeah. years old, very talented, very athletic, very charismatic. He's going to get opportunities. If they're not in WWE, he'll get opportunities somewhere else. The bad news is he's got a lot of strikes against him in a short period of time. 
and he's clearly showing signs of immaturity and arrogance with this stuff. To say something like, uh, oh, I don't want to hand out water because I don't want to have this racial profile or I don't want to be perceived as not a top guy, that's bullshit. Aleister Black, when Aleister Black was a top guy in NXT, and he might have even been the NXT champion at the time, he was doing what you're supposed to do when you're new to the main roster, and he did it until Roman Reigns pulled him aside and said, you don't have to pay your dues anymore, you've proven yourself here. Uh, until then, he kept doing it. Uh, Leo Rush is a, is a young kid, brand new to the main roster. These are just the things you do. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and, you, and you can't say, well, I'm not going to do it because that's not what a top di- guy does or racial profiling or that. That's a, that's a cop-out. I don't buy any of that stuff. I guess we'll see what's going to happen here. I mean, the, the, let, me, let me ask you this question. I don't want to say this is an Enzo Amore comparison, but if he was to lose his job in WWE, how likely, even though he's very talented and he'll get opportunity somewhere, how, how likely do you think a major full-time promotion like AEW or Ring of Honor will be in giving him a shot I think they would. I think they yeah. should. Do you think either one of them would? Yeah. I think both of them would. And I, I said this on the podcast months ago, and I got a lot of flack for people, for me comparing him to Rey Mysterio. I'm not saying as, as a thing of over. I'm saying that, like, the last time that I saw somebody in the ring that did stuff that made me go, whoa, I didn't know that you could do that in a human body was Rey Mysterio. Right. I saw Leo Rush face Velveteen Dream live in Orlando and I was amazed that he could physically pull off some of the things that just some of the cuts in the ring and how fast he was moving and how he would put things together. I had not seen that since the first time I saw Rey Mysterio. And I don't know that WWE wants to hand that over to All Elite Wrestling because there are two names that stick out to me, Jimmy. Eva Lise and Tessa Blanchard. Mm-hmm. WWE had, the, had a chance for both of those. Both of them had problematic reputations, for better or for worse, whether they want to admit it or not. Mm-hmm. They had those reputations. I look at, at Tessa Blanchard as one of the best performers, period, in North America right now. I, I, I was over the moon about her on the Impact podcast. She screams out winner to me. Mm-hmm. So does Eva Lise. When she goes on the screen and she says, I'm the baddest bitch in the room, I'm like, eh, hard to argue. She carries herself like that. Mm-hmm. I look at Leo Rush, and I'm like, you know what? He probably carries himself backstage a lot like his character on screen. And it's funny you mentioned Enzo Amore because I was talking to somebody about that, and they said, well, the thing is, Enzo was easier to work with because he knew he sucked in the ring. He knew he had shortcomings. Leo doesn't have that shortcoming. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have a shortcoming on the mic. He, the thing is, he is as good as he thinks he is. And that's why everybody wants to help him. It's just the people that I talked to said that they and the people that they had reached out to or the people they had talked to said that when they would reach out to Leo and try to make that effort, that it would be reacted to unfavorably. Now, uh, he, he said that him and Finn were cool. His wife's never been an issue. And here's the thing. I never said his wife was an issue. Mm-hmm. I said that he was told that probably you shouldn't have her around during rehearsals. For any number of reasons, I would assume maybe it's because people used to leak us scripts and stuff. Like there are any number of reasons why you wouldn't want people who didn't need to be there to be there. But um, he uh, said to me, and again, I go into detail in the Fightful Select Report podcast. He thinks there's a guy that used to work with him in Ring of Honor that is planting fake stories about him. But nobody that I spoke to worked with him in ring of honor Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so if that were the case they were going around to 
numerous people, some of which have never, some of which might even know what a not know what a Ring of Honor is, for the love of God, and planting all kinds of different stories and unique stories and things that nobody else should know or would know. And uh, he talked to me about where he grew up and how that kind of maybe put a chip on his shoulder and all that. But uh, he, he thanked me for reaching out and. I did the same, and that was that. It was, it was pretty cordial. I, I appreciated him getting back to us. It was very easy to talk to him about it. Cool. Well, you know, hopefully he's able to figure it out. Again, he is very young. Uh, and, and, again, you know, when you are talented, you do get more opportunities than when you're not. So uh, we'll see what happens. You know, you mentioned Tessa Blanchard. I was going to mention Tessa Blanchard later on my list here. But since you mentioned her, let's talk about Tessa Blanchard. Um, and you mentioned how she had a negative reputation, deserved or not. Um, WWE needs to grab this girl. They need to grab this girl today or whenever the hell her contract allows. Um, they got to give her some time in NXT so that she can learn the WWE way because the WWE way is different than what other companies do. Then they need to bring her up to the main roster. This girl is something special. I know that you've said uh, she's the best thing at Impact. She's something special, and it's because she's got presence. I mean, you can talk about her promos, and her promos are great and all that kind of stuff. Presence, to me, is a really important thing. Oh, yeah. And, and it's something that's often overlooked. And when Elias first came on the scene, on the main roster, we always talked about his presence because it's such an important thing for, for somebody to have if they're going to be perceived as a star. Charlotte Flair, presence. Uh, that, and uh, and of the all, person she most reminds me of, and isn't that ironic? Yes, and I was going <laughs> to say, so I, so I actually wrote this down on my list, so if I was WWE, uh, number one, I would grab her, like I said. Number two, I would change up her makeup, get her looking a little less Ruby Riot-ish, you know what I mean? Uh, and then I would do two things with her. You can get her in a program with Becky Lynch. Imagine the promo work, Sean, right? Yeah. A program with Becky Lynch, and you put her in a tag team with Charlotte Flair, and like you just said... That shit writes itself, Sean. It writes wanna, itself. If they can get Sasha Banks back, her and Bailey against Charlotte and Tessa Blanchard, oh my God. Right? I, I said this on the Impact review. Yes, we do re review Impact Wrestling. Every pay-per-view ever. Also, uh, every weekend on the Fight Till Select Weekender. But I, I see her and I look at her and whether she wins or lose, I'm like, that's a winner. Yeah, she's been very she good. She cares about winning. Yeah. Everything she does inside and outside the ring looks like she's setting up to win her match that she's either in or up next. Like every movement that she makes in the ring, she looks like she's determined to pin the other person. Right. And I appreciate that. She is so good. Impact has a hell of a women's division. Taya, Kiara Hogan, Jordan Grace, they're all really good. I mm -hmm. look at Scarlett Bordeaux. If mm -hmm. WWF had Scarlett Bordeaux in 1999, we wouldn't know who Sable was. Quite frankly, because not only can she do everything that Sable was doing, she can do it better and she can wrestle and she can wrestle. And yep. she can wrestle. I agree. But I, I think Tessa Blanchard, Tessa Blanchard is I would put her a peg below Charlotte in terms of just her overall, the overall, the in ring, the promo ability, the presence. And yeah. those guys as a tag team. Can you imagine they bring Rick and Tully in for promo, Sean? They actually brought Tully in for the impact thing. That was that was cool to see. And they could have him there with Rick, and then they can just have all the old footage up because they own it in WWE. Yeah. It's it writes itself. This is not complicated. You got to grab this girl. Uh, Sean and I have joked in the past about contracts don't mean shit. Just hit up Impact Wrestling. I want Tessa Blanchard. You have no money, so you're going to give us Tessa Blanchard and figure something out because she is very very good. Let's talk about the other story that you broke this week. We got, we got some super chats. Hold on. <laughs> 
Okay, okay. Anakin JMT says, do you think Leo regrets the persona he has online? I don't think he would admit it, but I think that for his his uh, long-term career, probably, but I don't want to speak for him. I mean, and Daniel uh, Bilo Petrovic says, what can we do to keep the club if possible? I don't know. How about anything? When you say the club, do you mean Gallows and Anderson? Yes. How about doing anything with them? They're not going to keep the Gallows and Anderson, and this leads me to my next story, actually, and this is the latest with the Revival, and we've been talking about them, and I told you last week about how WWE's real thoughts of the Revival were coming through in the booking, because even though they gave them the tag titles because they had asked for their release and WWE wanted to appease them and they wanted to appease the online fan base, their clear thoughts of the Revival were coming through, and what happened this week, so tell us first the story that you broke about the Revival, which was then verified by like everybody, and kudos to you that you actually got credit for it because nobody credited you for the Leo Rush thing, but uh, it's true. Uh, a certain website that rhymes with PW Insider didn't credit you for it, oh. but uh, but Meltzer... I, to be fair, I don't think Mike Johnson reads anything but PW Insider. <laughs> I don't think that he thinks that anything else exists. So I, I don't know if that was done maliciously or not. Anytime and, I've asked him, yeah, but and it doesn't matter. But the re- the revival story you did get credited. So tell the story about what you heard, and then we'll go into what's so going on. The funny on thing was uh, Andrew Thompson wrote a story for Fightful. Go follow him uh, about Jr. doing an interview, and Jr. said, "Yeah, we reached out about this guy, or I asked about this guy who was in his early 30s, still had the future in front of him, could teach people some things, and I was told, well, no, he just signed a five hundred thousand dollar a year job or deal with WWE. He's staying there. Isn't even on TV." So Andrew was like, who the hell is this? So we were looking up and down the roster. We're like, who could it be? Mm. So instead of assuming, I was like, you know what? I'll ask. What What will that hurt? What will that, what will that hurt? And then like a, two or three people fired back with, don't know, but I know that the Revival didn't sign their half a million dollar deals. Right. And I'm thinking, what? We're literally talking sting money here. The, the Revival are being offered. It's a little bit different. A little bit different. But... Sting money. Yeah, full time is much different. And when, you know, when their action figures are getting scanned, they don't say Hollywood Hogan on it. <laughs> fair, but, fair, fair. Yeah, and I reached out and heard some stuff. But yeah, they I was careful how I worded it, as in they had yet to sign because that deal's still out there. They could sign it in July if they so chose. They're not signing it. They don't have an intent to, and a lot of it comes down to happiness, balance, and all that. And yep. boy, did they get just... Buried on Raw because even beyond what you all saw on Raw, yep. the live dark match thing was them running out and getting their asses kicked by Seth Rollins <laughs> in, a, in a two-on-one handicap. You know something? I I don't understand, and this has gone on forever. I don't understand the petty, childish nature of Vince McMahon. And everybody can say WWE. This is Vince McMahon. I don't understand the petty, childish nature. These guys have not put pen to paper yet on these contracts. So you're going to incent them to sign by embarrassing them on television. That's how you're going to incent yeah. them to want to sign. You have them out there first. You're, you're trying to embarrass them with this whole back shaving thing. Then, you know what I couldn't understand, Sean? I couldn't understand why they were looking like they were setting up a program with the Usos only to have them lose clean in a non-title match to Ryder and Hawkins. How does that make any sense at all? This, this is in my Sean Ross stats on Friday. This is the first time in Kurt Hawkins' WWE career he's won three matches over the course of a single month. They were all wins over the Revival. 
It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And and again, it's funny we talked about this last week about how WWE's clear thoughts of them are coming through in the booking. Yeah. You offered them this contract. They don't want to sign it because of how they're being handled. And so you respond to that by embarrassing them on television. Makes no sense to me at all. Obviously, they have no incentive to sign now. Uh, I would tell the Revival, if they ever listen to this, just just make your post-WWE plans. You're going to have yeah. opportunities. Because the way you're perceived on television by the fan base, that's going to have a correlation to the money that you're going to make. Right? Yeah. So they clearly don't have plans for you. Move on. I could not believe when I saw, knowing the report that you had broken about their contracts, I couldn't believe back shaving, Usos make them look silly. Then they lose clean to Ryder I, Hawkins. I did try to find out how many blades and what kind of shave gel, and that is serious. <laughs> I really did. Uh, speaking of people they've lost, about ah, 11, 12 years ago, they lost a guy by the name of Monty Brown. But he's back for like one of the first times ever. Uh, May the 4th be with you is Saturday, May 4th, 2019, Finch Creek Fieldhouse in Noblesville, Indiana. It benefits Brady Destroys Cancer, and it's promoted by the former Kevin Thorne, who I actually spoke to uh, this week. Take a listen. Amazing what you guys are doing, and you brought together uh, quite a few stars for this. Hardcore Holly, James Storm, who just appeared at the uh, NWA show, Billy Gunn of AEW, Al Snow. And perhaps the most interesting name, you've got him front and center on this poster, Monty Brown. How did this come about? You know, man, Monty's been a friend of mine for a long time. Uh, you know, even, you know, at, you know, after he left WWE and stuff, uh, you know, for a bit, you know, we, we reach out and talk to each other, you know, um, every, you know, every couple of months and stuff and stayed in touch. And, um, and, and actually uh, Monty's, uh, I, I guess Godson uh, in, in one of his, and then one of his best friends, uh, his son plays on our team, our, our fifth and sixth grade uh, football team. So, um, you know, uh, when all this was coming about, I, you know, I talked to my good friend, Kevin Myers, who's, you know, Monty's, you know, uh, good friend and everything else. And, uh, and it was like, Hey man, Let's get on him. Let's get him out of retirement one day, one day only, you know, you know, everything else and get him down here for this. And so to me, it was just, it, it's just a special moment because, I mean, you know, uh, you know, leading to the mania and stuff, we were tied at the hip. Me and him had, you know, some of the best times uh, and some of the coolest memories ever. And it just, it, it, it only made sense to kind of, you know, have him a part of this with me, you know, side by side, you know, helping me, you know, raise money for this event, you know. He's one of the names that we get asked about the most of, like, what, what happened to him? How's he doing? And he'll pop up, like a photo will pop up every few years of him looking like he's in great shape. Did you meet any kind of resistance from him? Or was he just like, yeah, let's do this? Uh, no, I mean, he, he – oh, since I told him what it was for and everything else, and and he's been, we, we've been both looking for excuses to get him down here anyway, because sure. um, you know, uh, you know, I, I want him, you know, just you know, see my son, uh, you know, and Kevin Myers wants him, you know, to, you know, hang out with his and, and stuff like that, see family and everything else, and it just it just all worked out, uh, you know. So he was like, "Yep, let's do it, let's figure it out." Uh, he, you know, um, you know. Uh, he, he, no, he, he he came with bells on, believe it or not. Check out that full interview. It is over at Fightful.com. Uh, I've got that story running, I think, in the morning. 
But Monty Brown, that's one that got away. That's one that should have been a major TNA superstar and was held down. I don't know if he's wrestling. Don't know if he's appearing. Mm-hmm. I wanted so badly to make the three-hour drive to Noblesville just for this. They offered to actually let me stay with all of them, at, at like with uh, Kevin and all them. That I'm sure that wouldn't have been tragic at all. <laughs> but uh, hopefully I can make it out there, and hopefully we see more Monty Brown because that's a guy who, if he wants so, Jimmy, probably going to get some bookings. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of guys like we've talked about that could get them if they want them, you know? Yeah. Uh, let's talk about a guy that could get bookings if he wants. His name is Brock Lesnar. And uh, it feels like it's been a year that you and I have been talking about, hey, Sean, do you think Brock Lesnar's going to fight again in the UFC? And I always kind of contended that I didn't think he was going to, mainly because, number one, he was making a shit ton of money in WWE, and number two, because whenever you saw him in a WWE match, he still looked as big as ever. And so it didn't look to me like he was working too hard to cut weight. Uh, you always thought he would just because the money was always really strong yeah. in the UFC. Well, here we are now. UFC president Dana White has said that Brock Lesnar is retired from fighting. Uh, they had been holding Daniel Cormier, who's the UFC heavyweight champion. They'd been holding him in a, in a holding pattern, waiting for Brock. Now they've put Cormier into a fight with somebody else. And today, May 1st, WWE confirmed the next Saudi Arabia show for June 7th. And surprise, surprise, one of the names on the marquee, Mr. Brock Lesnar, along with Bill Goldberg... And the, under- yeah, and, and the Undertaker. And all I got to say to you, man, oh, and we should also note N. Roman Reigns. Yes. Who in the past said he wasn't going to go back to Saudi Arabia. Arabia. All I got to say to you is this. What kind of dough is done? Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. WWE shelling out, Sean. Uh, right? So just to put this into context for people, okay, uh, Goldberg hasn't wrestled in two years in WWE. The last time that he wrestled, he was getting a reported $250,000 per match. Not per appearance, but per match, all right? Hasn't wrestled in two years. He's going to Saudi Arabia. Brock Lesnar, the rumor was that he got a million dollars for the last match that he had in Saudi Arabia. He's going. Roman Reigns, who before did not want to go back to Saudi Arabia, he's going. And The Undertaker, who is retired to the point they didn't even do mania, 
he's going. What kind of dough are they shelling out? Now, we've seen the numbers from last year. Uh, and I believe that the company, their gross, like after expenses and everything, I think it was around $45 million last year, yeah. uh, which is pretty damn strong for two shows. So obviously they have lots of money to play with. I would love to know what they're paying these guys because they always mark it down in a kind of a generic column. Like they don't yeah. break it down. So, uh, But how about that, man? Brock Lesnar, he's not going anywhere. He's no sticking around. surprise once that, that unfolded. I get the feeling that WWE saw their dwindling numbers and they said, well, you know what? We better keep the Saudis happy at the very least. I know they had made some Hail Mary efforts to try to spin some positive PR in that that regard. I tweeted today. I said, I wonder, and a lot of people were just like, the money, and maybe, but I was like, I wonder what made Roman <laughs> did Reigns. They, did they yell at the top of their <laughs> yeah, lungs like that? The money! <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I wonder what made Roman Reigns change his mind because he, I guess he had informed WWE. I don't guess. I was told that straight up by several people mm-hmm. that he had informed them last year. I don't want to go back. And uh, that's changed. And he, a lot of people kind of forget he had cancer in the interim. So maybe that could play a role. Like maybe he th- he, his mortality isn't quite, you know, what, what he feels like it was back then. And yeah. like, I better make this money. Yeah, it was the money. So, it was definitely oh, the money. Well, yeah, obviously, to some degree, <laughs> yeah. sure. Well, you don't want over there for, like, a box of Cracker Jacks. <laughs> <laughs> Not that we want to discredit Cracker Jacks, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's for the money. So they you don't just... even put good toys in that shit anymore, Jim. I haven't had Cracker Jacks in probably 30, 35 years, so You're I wouldn't even know. Anything. Yeah, I figured. Uh, since you talked about, uh, you know, WWE's popularity, uh, we'll touch upon this. We touched upon it last week. So this fall... WWE's new deal kicks in for Raw and for SmackDown on USA and Fox, uh, respectively. We talked last year about uh, the SmackDown current numbers a little bit. Uh, Let's look at the Raw numbers a little bit. So they're going to be starting in October a new $265 million a year deal over five years with uh, NBC Universal. Around the time that the deal was signed in mid-May of last year, Raw was averaging about 2.7 million viewers on USA. So that excludes yeah. every other every other major TV deal they have. On USA, they were averaging 2.7 million viewers. This week, Raw averaged 2.158 viewers on USA. It was about 600,000 less total viewers than the same time last year. And in hour three, they actually dipped below the 2 million mark this week. Hour 3 did 1.898 million viewers. Uh, SmackDown didn't do any better. SmackDown this week averaged 1.83 million viewers over the two hours. We've talked about this before. There is no way to positively spin this. WWE's uh, quarterly earnings came out this week. Vincent Mann said, well, it's because of injuries, injuries to talent, which is utter horseshit. Uh, they might also say it's because viewer habits have changed. They might say it's because of the NBA playoffs. They deal with most of this stuff on an, on an annual basis. And so to use that now as an excuse is bullshit. George Barrios, of course, Sean, what does he say? We only care about time spent, Sean. Yeah, That's what George Barrios, which is also bullshit. All right. Their popularity is eroding. That is a fact. There are less people watching Ron SmackDown Weekly now than there were a year ago. This is not good news for NBC Universal. This is certainly not good news for Fox. And you know what I would like to know, Sean? And I'd like to know if this is something that you could possibly find out. I would like probably to know. Not. Probably not, but I'm going to ask you anyway. I'm going to ask you anyway. I want to know what the television networks that AEW are negotiating with, I want to know how they feel about these numbers. 
because those contracts that WWE signed are so public and they're so well known and they got so much mainstream attention and everybody's familiar with them. I want to know what these television networks are thinking when they see WWE's ratings going in the toilet like this when they're negotiating with AEW. And granted, it's apples and oranges, but when you're negotiating with AEW, and AEW, we've talked about, they've already accrued some massive expenses and they're looking for TV to cover that. I'm curious if they're, if they're, if they're taking a hit in their negotiations because of this. Well, I do know that some of their international distributors weren't exactly too thrilled with the product that they had been given. Uh, I can't really go into detail without costing somebody their job, but <laughs> I do know of at least one that, that was frustrated, and that was last year. Just uh, we, have, we also have a super chat, by the way. Somebody says, does WWE have access to talent social media? No. It, it's illegal, first off. It is illegal to force them to turn that over. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, a lot of people were like, oh, the, the John Moxley thing, it's, it's his WWE account. No, that's, that's their account. It's his account. Like yep. When he leaves, he gets to keep that account. Uh, also, we had a super chat. Uh, can anything be, can changes be made to independent contractor thing? I don't know what you mean by that. No, what he what he means is, could they change into a full time employee? Yeah. It's not. It's not going to happen. Yeah, uh, and, and 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 it's not because it's not because they can't afford it. They can afford it. It's not going to happen. They don't want to have to pay into benefits. They don't want to have to pay into long term injury. They don't want to have to pay into retirement. It's not going to happen. I don't know if you saw Sean Gary Michael Capetta, the 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 former WWE ring announcer. He posted on Facebook today, superstar Billy Graham's, uh, I believe it was his quarterly, maybe monthly, I think quarterly, uh, WWE Legends contract statement. Yeah. All right? Superstar Billy Graham on his WWE Legends contract for that quarter got 80 bucks. Oh. And. Point. But yeah, and, and I mean, and I guess maybe WWE can say, because I don't know if people know, Superstar Billy Graham uh, has a lot of health issues right now. Not only is he dealing with the liver, or was it a kidney transplant or liver transplant? Not only is he dealing with those issues, but he's dealing with skin cancer as well. So being a loud, loud mouth. Well, too. but let, let's just. The juice, Jesus. I know, but given his age and health, health issues, I want to be somewhat respectful. But because of the health issues that he's dealing with, it's not like he can do signings and stuff for the company. And yeah. so I have, I do not know how those contracts are structured, but I assume that they're higher based on what you do for the company. And so that 80 bucks is probably because you couldn't really do much. But no, they're not going to change the independent contractor now, status. To be fair, as I'm looking at this, because I pulled it up too. Yep. It's the unrecouped balance. Yes. Out. What does that mean? Uh, he got a he got an advance of ten thousand bucks. Oh. Yeah. Okay. He needed then, it to cover medical expenses. So WWE provided him with that advance. Yes. Uh, against his future earnings. That's okay. right. Yeah, it's which is nice yeah, which is cool that they did that. I mean, obviously, if somebody said to superstar Billy Graham back when he was a full time guy, uh, if you could go back again, knowing that they've given you this advance, would you stay an independent contractor, or if you had the opportunity to go full time, you know, employee instead? Of course, he would take the full time employee gig instead. You know, anyway, contractor. Yeah. So, what is it, uh, what's that? Melissa, an independent contractor or an employee? She's an employee because she's here in Toronto. Is there any kind... Oh, oh. <laughs> she's here. Is it makes a big difference. It makes a big difference. She could possibly have a, a situation to pay in to her... Pay in to you uh, towards buying me a Nintendo Switch. Why don't... 
this is getting so old. Why do you no, keep on harping on this? Because I want her to buy me one, Jimmy. But you already have one. So I want her to buy me one. Do you know how much more enjoyable it would be knowing that she paid for it? You know, just to shut you up, I might buy it and have her give it to you. Wow! If you see it on eBay two days later, don't be concerned at all. Yeah. It's just me checking something. Yeah, yeah. It'd be like under SR Sap or something. You'd be like, it's not me. It's not me. I did, uh, I did that with my Facebook once, thinking I was smooth, thinking people wouldn't add me because I don't talk wrestling there. It did uh, not work. So, you know, I forgot to mention the Dean Ambrose, the John Moxley thing earlier. I was going to mention that after the trivia note. Uh, I'm sure everybody has seen it by now, in case you missed it. I love the symbolism. Getting out of prison. Did you notice that they had one big dog chasing him, Sean? That was, that was clever symbolism. And it was also very, very well produced. I'm not going to suggest that it was produced by any company based out of Jacksonville, Florida. But it was very well produced. Well, so, it uh, reminded me an awful lot of the Joey Janela GCW video. Uh, I don't know if you saw that, but it was very similar. I saw, you know, it's, it's funny. Joey Janela smokes a cigarette, throws it down in, in his video. In Dean Ambrose's, you see a cigarette butt down on the ground in L.A. Hey. Possible. Some connections. And I know David Bixen's fan was like, oh, stop acting like Dean Ambrose would put cryptic messages. I'm like, you think he's above that after the creative stifling that he has experienced over the years? Uh, he started that spot in prison for a reason. Yes. <laughs> and so if anybody thinks that wasn't symbolism, you're dreaming. That was symbolism. Uh, otherwise, it would have started off like uh, Firefly Funhouse, and he would have been skipping through the streets. and like. Oh, hell, I, if it was me, I would have started it like in the morning, getting out of bed with, with Renee. That's how I would have started it, if I was Dean Ambrose. Because you know that a lot of wrestling fans alone would look at that and go, he's so cool, look at him. He's with Renee Young. Anyway, let's go to Stupid People. Stupid People is what this segment's called. You might wonder why we do it. It's not about wrestling at all. Used to be WWE's weekly usage of stupid nicknames, which we did hoping they'd stop giving wrestlers lame names. But it didn't work, so we gave up. In the new segment, we came up with this Stupid People. Stupid People. Stupid People. Duh. When are we oh. recording the lyrics to Ass Man, Jimmy? We got to do it. Maybe oh, we'll do shit. it. Maybe we'll do it Friday. Okay. Maybe we'll do it Friday. And I love how Nigel off the air just said, "This stupid people song is so catchy." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Ass Man Friday, Sean, remind me, and we'll do it then. So once Ask again, man Friday sounds like the name of a segment. <laughs> <laughs> Ask Man Friday. On this show. On this show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Once again, what do I say every week? Every week I say it's so easy to get these stories. It's unbelievable how easy it is. Uh, a couple of these I think you're going to really love again, Sean. we got three more. Fightful Select after this. Go to Fightful Select and check them out. This first one, Sean, as a father, Nigel, this first one, you know, <laughs> reported by KIRO 7 Seattle on April 24th. So, Sean, get this. Police in Redmond, Washington, pulled over a man for speeding. All right? Any idea what surprise they found in the back seat? Someone snorting their own urine. Uh, they found a young child sleeping unrestrained while the child's car seat was being occupied by bottles of Gatorade. We have a picture. Put it up, Nigel. 
Look at this. So the police, <laughs> the, the police posted this on their own uh, social media accounts, and kudos to them. They blurred out the child's face. But there's the kid unrestrained while their dad is speeding, laying on the car seat, and the car seat is uh, holding those very important bottles of Gatorade. Can you believe well, that? Nigel, what did you and I speak about off the air? Dehydration. Oh, yeah, that's Electrolytes right. Electrolytes yeah. are important, Jimmy. Well, this young man had no license. He had no insurance. Baby? Yes, the baby. The baby had no <laughs> license and no insurance. I'm yeah. surprised. Yeah. So the father was arrested for reckless endangerment. I hope that you do some time, you stupid fool. All right? <laughs> so that's, that's story number one. This next one, this one Nigel really likes, Sean. Nigel liked this one, and I think you will too. It was reported by Fox 17 Nashville on April 25. So there's a theater out of Nashville, Sean. Yeah. It's called the Roxy 8, a movie theater. All right? They made the news recently because of their marquee. Why do you think they made the news because of their marquee? And Nigel's already chuckling. Why do you think they made the news because of their marquee? Well, sometimes those things get abbreviated. Like, for, for example, I saw an old PW Torch awards list that had sh-breaker as a finishing move, and I'm like, the old shit-breaker! <laughs> 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 All right, this one is slightly different. Put up that picture, Nigel. Look at the third one down, Sean. Boy, yeah. They changed the name of the movie Hellboy to Heckboy. Hilarious. The owner of uh, of the theater told Fox 17 that she has never displayed words on the sign that may be seen as profanity. Profanity. And so she changed it to Heckboy. And what was really kind of ironic about this is that the signage in front of the theater and the billboards inside the theater still said Hellboy. Should have made it say Hailboy. Well, that's what they did. This last one, this is for the SRS file. Anybody that's new to this podcast and is asking, what the hell is the SRS file? Sean Ross Sab likes to talk about stories related to genitalia or shit. Whoa, 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 whoa. You compile these, Jimmy. I started doing them because you <laughs> were always telling stories about genitalia or shit. That's why I started compiling them. That was the reason. Jimmy. Yeah, and he, and he knows it's true. Look at me, so bashful. Jeez, so this precious. one, this was posted on Twitter on April 23rd by a renowned gynecologist, Dr. Jennifer <laughs> Gunter. Oh, I'm an amateur. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, you know, in the past, Sean, we talked about crazy trends that women were doing when it came to inserting things into their vagina because they yeah, thought. Why you? I mean, we, what? Like the cucumber thing that we talked about one time, because they they read these things from naturopaths, suggesting that they're going to prove you know cleanliness or odor or whatever, right? And so women are conned into doing this stuff. So there's a new one. Uh, at least based on Dr. Gunter's post, there's a new one where women are inserting... Jen Gunter again? What's that? Jen Gunter again? I'm serious. Jen Gunter. That's the per. That's the same person. It's, yeah, because she's probably finding these and she's saying, don't do it. Don't do it. So what do you think it is this time that women are supposedly inserting into their vagina? Unless you already went and looked up her social media. No, I didn't. Um, okay. Gosh, there's so many items. <laughs> there's so many <laughs> yeah. items. Yeah. Oh, man. Ah, I don't know. It's like one of those things where there's so many options that I can't think of any. 
So apparently, naturopaths are recommending that you insert cloves of garlic to help with yeast infections. Oh. Because no. because garlic con- contains allicin, which is found to reduce inflammation and has uh, antioxidant uh, benefits. But there are problems. What are the problems, Nigel? What well, are the problems? First of all, don't you have to bruise the garlic to get the allicin to release? So first you have to crush the garlic. Uh, in order to release the Allison. That means that these women putting clothes up there, you're doing nothing whatsoever. And and it's a bad idea. And then if you think to yourself, oh, that's okay, we'll just crush the garlic. That's a whole other set of problems. If you're going to crush the garlic, then Dr. Gunter said, um, garlic contains bacteria from the soil. All right? Mm. Don't do it. Don't do it. Use other methods. What would you suggest? <laughs> I've never had a yeast infection, so uh, I guess I'd have to Google it or look it up. But just don't do that. No garlic. No garlic. All right? Don't do it. Let's move on. Uh, I want to talk about something. I was going to go into heavier discussion about this, uh, but on SmackDown this week, they kind of remedied it somewhat. And so I'm not going to go as heavy into it as I was going to, but I still want to mention it. And that's about Kofi Kingston. So Jim Ross uh, talked about Kofi Kingston on his most recent Ross Report podcast. He suggested that Kofi's character should be more serious now that he's WWE champion. Uh, And here's a quote from Jim Ross. He said, somebody needs to tell Kofi that hopping to the ring, carefree, happy, smiling. I don't know if that fits the champion. Um, Mr. Sean Ressup responded on Twitter and he said, quote, if there's anything wrestling needs, it's the same shit. And Kofi himself addressed it in an interview with TalkSport Radio in the UK. Kofi said, what I'm trying to do is reinvent what the face of a champion looks like. I'm out there trying to represent for the people who question whether they become a, can become a champion or not. Now, you want to say something first, Sean? Yeah, people who have been main eventers have had elements of comedy as far as I can remember. Stone Cold Steve Austin with a beer truck, Kurt Angle with milk, Daniel Cormier dancing half naked in front of a bunch of cupcakes. Uh, you've got The Rock literally singing throughout the show, Dude Love, Mankind, all that stuff. It's DX with windshield wipers on their faces. Like, you've had that for years and years and years. Uh, could he stand to be more serious? Sure, which we saw Tuesday. Yes. But all the way serious? Man, I think that kind of undermines what got him to the dance. Possibly. So, so here's my take on it. So to a degree, I, I, I agree with Jim Ross, to a degree. Uh, and you disagree with electrolytes in your back seat. So what, who are you? Yeah, who, who am I? Judge? Who am who I to judge? Who am I? <laughs> yeah, who am I? Um, now, I, I will say this. I do think they remedied it somewhat on SmackDown this week, which is cool. But the reason that I agree with Jim Ross is that I think that to a degree – you need to understand when you are at that level what the company wants, what they expect, what they perceive of you. And this is why when you go back to when Daniel Bryan was a champion, Michael Hayes was always telling Daniel Bryan, you've got to have a relationship with Vince. You need to have a relationship with him. You need to go to his office. You need to get to know him. Kofi Kingston, correct me if you think I'm wrong, because uh, I think you guys even said it on the post-WrestleMania podcast, I don't think a lot of people pre- expect him to be a long-term WWE champion. 
right? I don't think a lot of people. I don't think a lot of people think that by the end of the year, Kofi Kingston's still going to be the champion or in the title picture. And I think that a big reason why is because the powers that be within WWE do not take him seriously at that level. And you can say what you want about well, he's peddling pancakes. Probably shouldn't do that. He's wearing uh, pastel colors. Uh, whatever you want to say, hop into the ring, whatever. When he was on Fallon before Mania and they were cutting those promos written by kids, right? And you had Braun Strowman and Drew McIntyre and Seth Rollins all walking out there trying to act like the tough, serious wrestler. And then there came Kofi smiling and clapping and all this kind of stuff, doing the Kofi Kingston thing. I get it. He was in the main event and the crowd was, was, was over big for his to try to win. I get it. I think you to a degree need to understand what WWE perceives that the champion should be like. Uh, and I think that if he understood that better, he would have a better chance of being a long-term champion as opposed I mean, to a short-term champion. He understood it enough to become champion. And, I mean, the Drew McIntyre promo you mentioned was him walking out all serious, then saying that he was going to shove his foot so far up somebody's butt they were going to poop toes for a week. Yeah, because he he, he he sure, but he read what a kid wrote. I mean, it's, I, I, I mean that's that was a comedy segment. That was yeah, it was it was. But what I'm saying is, is Kofi Kingston a guy that that WWE is going to hitch their wagon to long term? I say no, they're not. However, if Kofi Kingston shows like he did on SmackDown this week that he is capable of showing that serious side because he's fighting for the WWE Championship, I think that's going to benefit him better long term. Well, and that's, I mean, that's my opinion. I, I think that being personable is what made people attach themselves to Kofi. He's a likable sure, person. Sure, sure. I don't and, disagree with any of that. And, and again, I mean, yeah, he, he did luck into the, the title shot, but his work ethic got him in, into the position that he's in. I don't disagree with any of that. What I'm saying is you have to understand to a degree what the company kind of expects from you at that level. And I think that they expect that from him at that level. And if you want to be a not a short-term champion, I think you have to have that element into your game. But again, we saw it this week on SmackDown. I don't know if it's because somebody told him, you know, to be more serious. I don't know. But we definitely saw it on SmackDown this week. And as I was watching SmackDown, I thought, that's kind of ironic. Jim Ross just did that interview talking about he needs to be more serious because he's the champion. And that's exactly what he did. So, I don't know. It could be coincidence. We, we see the biggest draws in the world, like Conor McGregor. Sometimes he's just flat-out goofy. Sure. Some of the things he says are funny. Like somebody said, oh, Steve Austin wouldn't. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Steve Austin was so obnoxious that his responses often bordered on comedy. Like some of the reason that people liked him is because he was such an asshole to Vince McMahon that it was funny. He literally yeah. came out there with a gun and it unfolded and said, bang, 316, and Vince McMahon pissed his pants. Like, yeah, I mean, it was still different, that, right? That, that, like, you wouldn't see Steve Austin out there wearing, wearing pink and baby blue throwing around pancakes. Ric Flair wore uh, baby blue. Bret Hart wore pink. That's different. And now Kim Kardashian stole Bret Hart's gear. Did you Who? see that? What Kim was that? Your girl, Kim Kardashian. <laughs> My girl. What did she do? He's literally wearing Bret Hart's gear on Instagram. Really? How have you not seen this? No, I haven't. I haven't seen it. Are, are you able to pull that shit up, Nigel? Uh, yeah, I can look for it. What, so what am I What am I looking for here? Instagram. It's very clear. It's she wore Bret Hart's, Hart's gear, for real? Very clear that's what inspired it. Really? Very clear. And somebody had the balls to write an article say, saying, Kim Kardashian, futuristic fashion. I'm like, that's 30 years old. 
What are you talking remember, about? Remember when the young one wore the NWO oh, black and white? Do you remember that? The young Somebody's, one. It's not going to be saying Kofi Kingston. It's presentation, man. You know what's presentation, man? Kofi Kingston getting the biggest fucking pop of WrestleMania. Sure. And like I told you, I don't disagree with that, Sean. I don't disagree with that. What I'm telling you, though, is you have to understand kind of how to play the company's game. And the Kofi Kingston hopping, happy, peddling pancakes will not be WWE I, champion. I agree with the pancakes thing. Get rid of the damn pancakes. Yeah. He's not going to be, I mean, the fact is, he's not going to be WWE champion by the end of the year doing that stuff, and that's a fact. He's not. He's Maybe, not. yeah, sure, but he won't I, I don't care about the pancakes. The hopping, he can be fucking Peter Cottontail for all I care. Like, I, I don't agree with it. I mean, do you remember when he had that heated feud with Randy Orton way back? Do you remember that? Yeah. So if anybody hasn't seen it, so years ago, Kofi had this heated feud with Randy Orton. And in one of the blow-off matches, and this was supposed to be a personal heated feud. In one of the blow-off matches, he did the same hoppy, smiley thing until he was almost at the ring. And once he got close to the ring, that's when he did the serious face and started walking seriously. And I watched that, I think to myself, he doesn't get it, man. He doesn't get the... Now, granted, that was 10 years ago. But at the time watching it, I was thinking he doesn't understand. He doesn't understand that you've got to change it when you're in a heated program like that. I guess it's considering how many times I've seen guys like Phil Davis be so funny when I interview them, and then they go in and they almost rip a guy's shoulder out. I'm like, I, I see it because I see actual fighters be funny all the time. I mean, yeah. I saw John Jones in an interview say, yeah, I would highly recommend dick pills. They're fantastic. Is this and, the picture you were talking about? Yeah. Let me see. There you go. Oh, my goodness. He's, the Look glasses and everything? Look at that. She had the glasses on? Okay, the glasses are definitely with the Come pink. Come on, that pink is not a coincidence in the what, wrestling. This is new? Yeah, like a couple days ago. Pink and nobody, nobody in the comments mentioned Bret Hart? I'm sure somebody did. I ain't going through all those comments. That is definitely, that is definitely with the glasses... That's definitely Bret Hart, for her sister sure. Also, her, her sister was the one that wore the Wolfpack shirt once yes. upon a time. Yes, I remember that too. I remember that too. They're going to form a new NWO. Yeah, maybe that's what they're going for. Self-made. Uh, okay, we're almost out of time here. What else do I want to get to since we don't have much time left? I guess I guess uh, Jeff Hardy, they're forfeiting the titles. He's got to undergo knee surgery. He's out for six to nine months. At least good for Lars Sullivan that they're crediting him for the injury. That's good for him. Yeah, I like they're that. doing that. So that's good. At least they're using it for something good. I guess one other thing I want to talk about is uh, Impact Rebellion. We had Michael Elgin debut. Uh, and Michael Elgin is a bit of a polarizing character a little bit. I wanted to ask you, Sean, what have you heard in terms of feedback to Michael Elgin debuting in Impact? There are some people that don't like it. I would encourage those people to really, really, really do a deep dive on the situation because yes. I am not touching that with a 10-foot pole right now until things are a little more clear. He has some allies in the company. I know that Josh Alexander and uh, a lot of people there, yep. I mean, frankly, a lot of the Canadians are, are fans of Michael Elgin. He can go in the ring. So I was going to talk about this. So uh, Impact Wrestling, obviously they are in a low-budget type of situation, sure. right? Uh, and most of their tapings now are done in Toronto or in Windsor because Anthem is based in Toronto, Scott Demore is based in Windsor, and it's cost-effective. And so a guy like Michael Elgin, when I saw him debut, it didn't surprise me at all 
uh, because number one, you mentioned Josh Alexander, uh, Ethan Page is another one. Not only does Elgin know those guys, but I think he had a hand in training both of them. Uh, he's from the Ontario Independence. He knows Scott Demore really well. Cody Deaner's another one. Cody Deaner's a guy that I used to book back in the day, and he's. Well, I'm glad- back honestly yeah and he's another cost-effective local guy i don't know if michael elgin still lives in ontario canada but i know that cody diener does and so they don't even have to pay trans for cody diener he's very cost effective last i heard about cody diener his day job was working at a library uh because all he was doing was local independence booked all the time Good job. <laughs> Look, he's up. Uh, I don't have cheers on this, man. We have to get a cheer and a boo no, button. We, we went with all insults. We'll get a cheer and a boo <laughs> button. Yeah, we'll get that. Yeah, we should. We should. But anyway, so so uh, the elegant thing, I'm not going to touch the whole thing about the sexual assault claim against one of his students and how he covered it up. And I think it was dismissed anyway. Uh, right now, when, when everything emerges and there's something clear, sure. But that, that's a mess. I'm not touching right now yeah all right but he he's cost effective that's the main reason he's there he's no longer affiliated with ring of honor or new japan most recently he's only been doing some local canadian shows so he's cost effective cody diener is cost effective and impact wrestling is in a position where those are the kinds of guys that they need to go after so that's why you're going to see guys like that in impact wrestling yeah and uh michael elgin can go and he is a main event level talent inside the ring if you separate him from all that other stuff there you go. And I, I, one other thing really quickly, I just kind of want to want to touch on real, real quick. John Cena, isn't it ironic, Sean, that years ago he had the program with The Rock because it, it stemmed from a real comment. Cena made a legit shoot comment where he was criticizing The Rock for leaving pro wrestling. And now here we are in 2019. Their career trajectory, Sean, it's like what a similar path, right? So not only did Cena get into movies... Not only did Cena host Saturday Night Live, but now Cena is, has joined the Fast and Furious franchise. Not, He's, not booked on Mania or n- didn't wrestle at the Rumble, Mania, or the Saudi show. Right, wow, right. Wow, I didn't think I would see a landscape like this. Him and The Rock, it's amazing that they're going down the same path, doing the same stuff. And so good for John Cena, but, uh, you know, he, I think he's learned a lesson about maybe watch what you say. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, guys... Check out FightfulSelect.com. We've got a ton of stuff over there. The Fightful Report podcast I dropped today is probably the best one I've done. We have a retro review, Money in the Bank 2011 dropping this week, NXT 205 Live, the Weekender podcast. It's a good time. That is the most direct way you can support us at Fightful.com. But, hey, if you don't do that, leave us a nice little thumbs up. Leave us a nice iTunes review. That stuff helps. Uh, If you really want to support us, Go tweet Melissa. Tell her to buy me a Nintendo Switch. It would mean a lot. What, Nigel? (laughs) Right in the penis. Sure. Whatever. (laughs) I wanted to do something. I haven't used a soundboard today. I wanted to do something. (laughs) Subscribe to Fightful on YouTube for the latest exclusive podcast, interviews, and news across boxing, MMA, and pro wrestling. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off 
my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill.